feel like I'm moving in up here. All right. Well, I trust that you have had a wonderful Christmas. And boy, don't you love this time of year? And you know, we have to admit the weather really hasn't been that bad, has it? They say that the uh, north is the new south, so I think uh, we don't have to worry about flying to Florida anymore, right? They're all going to come up here. Anyhow, um, it's just a special time of year. But you know, what makes it special is the gift that we remember all year round. The greatest gift ever given. Jesus Christ. And we've spent time, haven't we, remembering that precious gift as we spent time at home looking at the tree, if you have a tree in your home, or gifts. You look at that gift and you think, wow, I don't know about you, but man, my nine-year-old loves gifts. And... Uh, I have to be honest, I enjoy watching the reaction of him as he opens his gifts. It's, it's very precious and dear to me. Can you imagine how much joy that it brings our Heavenly Father when we rejoice and give thanks in the gift that he has given we remember that he came. We look on the tree and we see those decorations hanging there and we remember Jesus Christ hung on the tree. The cross. For me. And why did he do it? Because he loves me. Because he loves you. Your relationship with him means that much to him. And you might think today kind of a, an odd, different kind of lesson for a Sunday morning. But I hope it will be an encouragement to you. We like to throw around the idea that we don't have religion. We have relationship. And I like that. I do. But to have a relationship with someone means that you know them. And to know them means that you're spending time with them. And there's nothing greater that we can do each and every day than spend time with the one who loved us so much that he came out of the ivory palaces, as we sang this morning, and into a world of woe. Why? Only his great eternal love that's why he came. Eternal love. His eternal love for us because he wants to have a relationship with us. Think about your best friend, children. I'm going to need your help this morning, children. This bag up here, well, it's for all of us, but this lesson actually, was placed on my heart because of some excitement that I'm sensing in some of our children today as they look for ways to encourage one another 
to spend time with God, and I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But you know what? It's that time of year. It's the end of 2023, and it's time to make your New Year's resolutions that you know you're going to keep. I mean, after all, we are resolute in keeping our resolutions, are we not? Maybe, maybe not, but maybe you, like me, you've failed. <laughs> oh, oh, I've failed. Oh, my goodness. But I want to tell you, if you have failed in the past, don't let discouragement keep you from trying again. Especially, especially if it's a resolution to spend more time with your God especially when it comes to resolutions that involve strengthening our relationship with Jesus. We need to keep on keeping on, as Brother Ray taught us on, during family Bible time, the end of the year there. We can't give up. There is somebody who would desire for us to give up. Satan. Satan's desire is that our relationship will not grow. He's a liar and he's a deceiver. But I got good news. If you belong to God, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you know what? Let's not be too quick to blame Satan because there are plenty of other enemies. Enemies that we seem content to allow into our lives every day. Enemies such as busyness, entertainment. These are enemies that have had victory in my life. You wake up tired, so you stay in bed a little bit longer than you should. You rush off to work and into that list of items you hope to get done. But there are, rarely, there are rarely enough hours in the day. The end of the day has come, and the only thing you feel like doing is resting. And that resting might involve some form of entertainment. Maybe you're like me, you sit down only to fall asleep, and then you wake up when it's time to go to bed. And you know what? The day has passed. It's gone. And you've spent little or no time with God. I had someone tell me one time, be careful when you point that finger. Because when you're pointing that finger, you've got three fingers pointing back at you. Well, that's true. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm preaching at myself. And I hope you're encouraged by it. <laughs> but it's true. I'm sorry to say that it has happened in my life. I've had those kind of days. Maybe, maybe you have too. And you know what? A regular dose of that will make it impossible for our relationship to grow. And as we have already talked about, Jesus is extremely interested in our relationship with him. He's done everything to make it possible for us to have just that, a relationship with him. He died on the cross to make it possible. And in 1 John chapter 2, 
It's a beautiful portion of Scripture as you read through that. And it doesn't take long to understand how much he loves us. And we discover there in 1 John chapter 2 that his love is perfected in us as we live for him. So it is vital. It is a matter of great urgency that we spend time with him. It's the way he's designed it. It is his plan for us. He came to die to make that plan possible. I'm glad he didn't stay dead, aren't you? But he did, he died to pay the price for my sin, for your sin. Romans 5.8, we said this morning, but God commendeth his love toward us. God demonstrated, made it clear, there can be no doubt. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This relationship is extremely important to him. It means everything to him. And I hope it means everything to you this morning. Your relationship with Jesus Christ. My encouragement to me and to you today is for us to understand and to be reminded that God's word will make a difference in our lives every day. And whether you have five minutes or five hours to spend with him, whether you're five or a hundred five, if you can read or listen to the Bible, you have access to a treasure chest full of gems, precious, precious gems. And you may not notice any financial gain, although you may, when you apply what God has taught us, but your life is going to be changed as you experience the joy that comes with walking with the one who loves you so much. Think about how much time you, think about how much that you enjoy spending time with a friend. Husbands with your wives. How much do we enjoy those moments. And we say, and rightfully so, family is what matters. It's true. If there wasn't one single present underneath a tree this Christmas to open, that's okay. Because I have the greatest gift that has ever been given. And I have the love of my family. And it's all about spending time together with family. Do you agree? Well, you know who my heavenly father is? Do you know what family that I'm a part of? Because I've given my life to God? I'm a part of the family of God. The greatest joy is experienced in spending time with family. At least that's the way it should be. And it's no different when it comes to my heavenly father, he owns the cattle on the thousand hills. We sing about that. We read about that. He works in our lives, giving 
wonderful things that we could never find in this world. Encouragement, riches. How do we know? He gave us his word. He gave us his word. And in it, we find treasure to help us live our lives every single day. When I found out that the pastor was sick and I was going to have the opportunity to teach, I asked God to help me pick a topic. He had already put a desire in my heart to teach a lesson to our young people, and I was going to develop something for family Bible time, and uh, it was going to be the first lesson when we started up family Bible time here in a couple weeks. Um, but God has seen fit for it to be developed and shared with you this morning. And so I hope that it will be an encouragement to each and every one of us. But young ones, don't you tune me out. You might be coloring or drawing pictures or doing something else, and that's okay. And some of you adults might be doing that too. But listen, this is something that I hope will be a help and encouragement to all of us. And I, I was spending time with one of, the, one of the children in my group. He was doing his review saying through the milk book. Uh, he's already gone through and did it once, and he was doing it again, so we're trying to encourage them to get these scripture verses into their long-term memory and into their hearts and minds so they'll remember them. And a young man was going through that uh, with me, and he did, did a fine job, but then he shared with me something that some of our young people are going to be doing. And I'm going to tell you something. I got a little bit excited Maybe just a little bit jealous, too, because, well, I'm not a kid, and I don't know if I can participate, at least with them. But you know what he said they're going to do? They're going to read their Bible together. When we're just talking about anyone can be included and involved. I mean, I know, I think there are kids as young as eight, maybe younger, I'm not sure, up to 18. And they're just going to read their Bible through and they're going to write stuff down, little treasures that they find in God's word every day. And I think, wow, that's exciting. That's wonderful. That's great. And a bunch of you are going to do it together? Wonderful. And so as I'm thinking through that, I remember something that I came across many, many years ago, and I've never forgotten, so maybe it would be a help to you. It's a method that you can use when studying your Bible. Don't let the words study scare you. Bible study, listen, Bible study is just time with God. It's devotion. It's getting to know your Savior. And you can make it take as long or as little as, as you need to. But whether, like I said earlier, you're spending five minutes or five hours, and I hope that you have times when you're spending more time, God is going to give you something. So these children will simply be reading through the scriptures and they're going to be looking for verses that jump out to them, that kind of stand out and they want to remember that and apply that and maybe talk about it or maybe they'll have questions. Well, I don't know what that means. But the point is they're going to be talking about God's word together and I think they're going to start with the gospels, reading through the gospels just a couple chapters a day. And um, that's exciting to me. And so I thought maybe I'd share a little something that could be helpful as they go on that journey together. 
it's been, been a help to me. And um, I hope you're ready to find some treasure together today. I got good news. God makes it pretty easy to find the treasure. He doesn't mean for it to be complicated for our lives to be changed. Um, I'm going to need your help today. That's what happens when you get called, you know, with not much time to prepare. You guys are going to help me. But you know what? We should all be encouraging and helping one another anyway. And I think Pastor's done a good job and tried to encourage that. But before we get into the passage today, Psalm 19, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together this morning. I pray you'll use our time together in your word as an opportunity to remind us of the importance of our relationship with you and in the priority that we need to give in spending time with you. And may we be motivated knowing of the love that you have for us. May we be motivated by our love for you our desire to get to know you better, to make it a vital part of each day, spending time in your word, talking to you, getting to know you, that our relationship in 2024 might grow. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know what? Our relationship never stops growing. You can ask one of the oldest men I know, Brother Ray. And he'll tell you, you never stop growing in the Lord, do you, Brother Ray? You don't. And you never stop finding treasure in this book. Whether you read it through ten times a year, two times, or if you read it a thousand times, or two thousand times in your lifetime, God will always give you something. Is that true, Brother Ray? It's true. It's true. And I think many of us can say, yeah, Brother Robert, that's true. And you know it to be true as well. And that's wonderful and that's exciting. And I hope that it excites you to know that when you hold this book in your hand, you hold God's word. And he wants you to have it. And he wants you to read it. And he uses it to teach you something that you need for every single day of your life. We need to spend time with our God and we can't do it without spending time in his word. He gives it to us. He gives it to us. There are many different methods. You know, people have different ideas on how to study scriptures or how to do devotions and that's okay. And for the most part, they kind of all say the same thing just in different ways for the most part. But this particular method, I remember... And, uh, well, I've got a clue, if you haven't snuck ahead and read in your bulletin and saw the title, especially you little ones, maybe you haven't done that. The word that I'm going to use today, this method, is called, what do you think? What do you think over on this side? I heard it on this side. Soap. Soap, S-O-A-P. All right, so I'm going to put the soap right here. 
And you know, soap's kind of an important, important part of our life, isn't it? At least I hope it is. <laughs> I hope that you use soap on a fairly regular basis. <laughs> Especially during this time of year, right? People are, well, they're you know, kind of freaked out about germs and wash your hands. You know, that's what they say. And I'm not dismissing it at all. I believe it's true. If you blow your nose, wash your hands. You know, you want to keep your hands clean because as you're touching other things, you can hand off your germs and then the next person comes along and he can pick up and get your germs and now that person's sick. Wash your hands and wash, make sure you wash them right. Scrub them for a, while, a little while and rinse and get, you just, why? You want to make your hands clean. So soap is a very important part of our life. Agreed? Soap. I got to say it at least three times. S-O-A-P. Soap. So we're going to talk about the soap method for devotion time, Bible study. The SOAP method. It can be used for both quick and extended times of devotion. So maybe you have a lot of time, maybe you have a little time. And I did, I brought a bag with me, and I'm hoping there's some common, practically everyday objects in there that will help us remember the S, the O, the A, and the P as we learn this method together. Okay, so soap. It's important. It cleans our lives. But now, don't misunderstand me. Soap's good for the hands. Soap's good for the outside stuff. But we need something a little bit more than soap. In fact, you know, the word soap is used in scriptures just two times. One time, it's used in describing something that Jesus, that God does. But another time, there's a rebuke that's given to the nation of Judah. And we find that in Jeremiah chapter 2. So if you want to turn there, Jeremiah chapter 2, and we can read that together. I think I lost that sword drill. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 22. God says to the nation of Israel, his chosen people who are meant to be living for him, showing to the other nations his great love. He says in verse 22, for though thou wash thee with nitre and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. You see, soap's good for washing the dirt off your hands, but God's concerned about something else, and that's sin. Sin in our lives. And the only way that sin can be dealt with is by giving it to God. By giving your life to him and living a life that pleases him. And we know in the New Testament we're told if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The cleansing that we need when it comes to the matter of sin can only come from God. 
So soap, good for the hands, but we need to study scriptures. And so every time you wash your hands, soap, with soap, I hope that you remember how important it is to spend time with God in his word and that you have something else that you need to keep in check. Not just the dirt on your hands, but the dirt that's in your heart and in your life. Things that should not be. Okay, soap. Very good. You got that in your mind? Soap. It's right there. Soap. Okay. So in verse, verses, okay, let's go to back to Psalm 19. We're going to go to Psalm 19, and let's read a few verses here, starting in verse number 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The psalmist David has a pretty good understanding of how important his relationship with God is. And he understands that there are some things that only God can do. Only God can take care of his sin problem. And only God can make it known and reveal what sin is in our lives. And so David is laying a great foundation here for us as we look to understand how to use the soap method. And as we look back in verses 7 through 9, there are six words, all right? There are six words that are used to describe God's word. And it can help us figure out what this very first thing is, the S in soap. All right, so I'm going to say these, and you tell me what you think the word that might be that starts with S. I'm going to give you a clue. God's word, right? Something else we call the Bible, God's word. Law, testimony, statutes, commandments, fear, judgments. What do you think that first S might be? First S in soap is what do you think? What do we need, first of all, to change our lives and spend time with God. What is he giving us? What, what do we call this that starts with S? Help me out. Scriptures. scriptures. Yes, okay. So the S in soap is scriptures. Scriptures is the first thing. All right. 
very good scriptures. And these words that are here that are used to describe it, they all have a little bit different meanings. But, uh, for example, like law, the word law is kind of a general term. It covers all of God's word, where also we have judgments. That would be God's decisions, things that he has proclaimed. And we know that the judge of all the earth will do right. So we can trust God and his decisions, his judgments. They're true. They're sure. All right, so scripture. And in the scriptures... In God's word, we find something that it is and something that it does. As we read these scriptures, let's look at that and see if you can help me find something that the word of God is and something that it does. The law of the Lord is, what's the word? Perfect. What does it do? It converts the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. Sure. Steadfast, dependable. What does it do? It makes wise the simple. It gives us wisdom. The statutes of the Lord are what? They're right. Rejoicing the heart. That's what it does. It rejoices the heart. The commandment of the Lord is what? And what does it do to the eyes? Enlightens, helps us to see what it is that we need to see. Because I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, there is an absolute, and there is a right and wrong, and the only way that could be understood is in the scriptures. We need the scriptures to show these things to us. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean. Absolutely no impurities in it whatsoever. The, law, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring, and it endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are what? True and righteous altogether. So we see something God's word is and something that it does in these couple of verses here. It's perfect it's without error, it's dependable, it gives wisdom, and it gives direction. All right. And the idea with the SOAP method for Bible study is you read the scriptures, obvious, right? You read the scriptures, but you read the scriptures looking for something in particular that God wants for you that day. It's something that you read through it and boy, that really jumped out to me today. Well, this is what I need for today. You're looking for something that catches your attention. That is your treasure for the day. And young people, and maybe some of you old people too, if you journal, of course you would write down the scriptures that you've read that day and then you would highlight these verses. If you're not journaling, if you don't have the time to do that, or don't want to take the time to do that, you can circle it in your Bible. You can underline and uh, you can even take a picture of it, which we're going to talk about why you might want to do that a little bit later here. But capture that treasure. Grab a hold of it. Value it. And you're going to do something with that here in just a minute. So you write out at least the rest reference. Write out the whole verse if you have time. And uh, like I said, you can circle it or underline it. Snap a picture with your phone. 
All right, so now I've got my treasure. I've got to spend a little time with it, with that. And this is something to help us kind of figure out what the O is. All right, so we have soap, and the S stands for what? Scripture. All right, and God has given me a scripture today, a little treasure, something that he wants to use in my life. And now I'm going to, well, I'm going to, what do you think I'm going to do that starts with O? I'm going to make some observations. I don't see a thing. Oh, you know what? You got to take the caps off of these. I'm going to make some observations. Yes, you know, you can spend, oh, I got to put that right here. Observations, okay? Observations. And you can spend, you can spend a lot of time on this step if you have the time because it's in this step where you're going to really try to understand the things that you don't understand. You're going to look at the background. You're going to ask some questions here. So you might have the time to take a long time, but maybe you don't. So observations. We're going to spend time making sure that we understand. You have to be careful. Are you listening? It's very important that we be careful because when we study our Bible and we kind of hone in on one verse, maybe we don't really understand what it means. So some have said that when you're studying scriptures, there's one interpretation, one correct understanding, but there are many, what do you think? Applications. So there are lots of ways it can change your life, but in order for it to affect your life as God intends it, you have to have the proper understanding of that verse. So in this observation stage, please make sure that you understand. And you know what? For those of us who have read our Bible through lots of times, we have kind of a lot of the whole counsel of God tucked into our hearts and minds. And, well, we're careful and we know not to take that out of context, but maybe if you don't understand what it means for sure, you have to do a little bit more reading, go back and read the context. That's what they say to try to understand the passage. Context, context, context. It means everything. So make sure that you're not taking a verse because people will do that. They'll take a verse and they'll read that and they'll apply it in a way that it wasn't meant to be applied because they're making it mean what they want it to mean because they're not taking the time to properly understand what God is trying to teach there. Does that make sense? Okay, so in the observation stages, you have to make sure that you understand what it means. And when you're sure you understand what it means, you can, you can ask some questions here in this observation stage. Who's it written to? What is it written for? Why did the verse catch my attention? Has that ever happened? I bet it has. And young people, as you're doing your, your Bible study together and you're reading through those couple chapters, when you're reading through, God is going to give you something in specific that's going to jump out that day. And if you have five people in the room, it might be five different things, five different verses. God knows what we need for, for each day. So you can ask, what, what jumps out to me for today? And so you do that. You're making observations. So you've found your treasure. You're looking a little bit closer at it, making observations, making sure you understand what it means. 
And now that you've done that, we can go on to the next step. Don't forget if you're journaling, and I would encourage those of you who are reading these couple chapters to get a notebook dedicated for that. And you might have just a paragraph worth of writing, or you might have a page worth of writing, but journal it, write it down, capture it, and then you guys are gonna get together and you're gonna talk about it. Well, that's not gonna happen every day, so you'll wanna have notes, and that'll be extremely helpful and beneficial to you and to others as you spend time together. Um, so observations, we've made some observations, something caught my attention, and I wanna spend a little bit of time with that particular verse or those verses. And I've, I've done that. Okay, so now I can do the next step. So we have S, scriptures, O, observation, and A. Well, what do you think the A might stand for? You want to guess before I even give any clues? Yeah, over here. Application. I want to tell you a story about me and Band-Aids. Okay? Me and Band-Aids. Yesterday, I was doing a plumbing project, and Zachary was helping me, and I cut myself. Right there, some of you could probably could see that. Right on my knuckle. And you know what? The stupid thing wouldn't stop bleeding, but I was almost done with the project, and I just wanted to get the project done. All I had to do was put some... Uh, tape on threads and screw it on and I mean two minutes and I could be done but I'm, I'm bleeding and I'm trying to hold paper towel on it and I'm trying to wrap the tape around the threads and my son's like dad just go put a band-aid on it and I'm like but I'm almost done I just want to finish it my wife comes down she's taking care of laundry because we're in the laundry room you're getting blood on, on the mat like <sighs> and Zachary's like okay dad he puts the tape in his pocket go get a band-aid <laughs> so I go and I get a band-aid well it wasn't it didn't have to be that big of a band-aid and you know what? I come down. Okay, I got a Band-Aid. I didn't do that. Would that be wise of me to do that? Would that Band-Aid do any good if I just, like, I got one and threw it aside? No. Would it do any good? Yes or no? No. What do I have to do for this Band-Aid to make a difference in my life? To make that stop bleeding, I got to put it on, don't I? I got to apply it. I got to do something with it. Or it's meaningless. Not going to change my life. So, application. Application. In the application stage, we're trying to understand how we can apply it to our lives. It tells us in verse number 11 here in Psalm 19. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is great reward. So there's the application. It's the keeping of them. It's doing what we've just read about, letting it change our lives. So we had scriptures, soap. We had observations. By the way, if you notice, the observation stage is captured here because you can see the word of God does something in our lives. Well, if I don't understand it, if I'm not taking the time to read it and understand it, make these observations, I don't know what it is that I need to do. So now that I know what it is I need to do and what God is trying to reveal to me that day, now I need to apply it. I need to do something 
with what I've just discovered. So the application, the application. And as we think about the application, there's another acrostic that I heard that I enjoy that can go underneath this application. Okay, so we have SOAP, S-O-A-P, we have application. And then under application, you might want to write D-E-W. Do. Do. And what does that stand for, do? Is there direction? Is there encouragement? Is there warning? Okay? Also in the application stages, some of you may have gotten something that pastor handed out a little while back. The Word of God application questions. I got that right in the leaf of my Bible here, and I read that from time to time, and I got a lot of them memorized, but there are some questions here to ask so that we can properly apply God's Word to our life as we're making those observations. Are there examples to follow? Are there commands to obey? Are there errors to avoid? Are there sins to forsake? Are there promises to claim? Are there new thoughts about God? Are there principles to live by? Okay, so that's something else that could be helpful. But I just remember do quite often. It's easy for me to remember that. Direction, encouragement, warning. Direction, what change can I make today? Is there a different way that I need to go? Or is there a path that's made known to me that I need to take? Encouragement. You know, I think about the family who's lost their father. They're going to be looking for lots of encouragement as they spend time in God's Word. Those kinds of verses are just going to jump right off the page at them. And they're going to say, thank you, God, I needed that today. Encouragement. Is there encouragement? Warning. If you do this, that will happen. This will happen, and it does. There are verses like that, aren't there? Is there a warning that we need to consider? And again, this is something that you could journal if you have time. But as you're going to discover, even though we're going to take 40 minutes to talk about this, once you have it down and you understand it, you really can take it and just apply it. You can read a portion of scriptures and then you just know it and you apply it. Soap. Soap. When you go to wash your hands, you remember soap. Scriptures, observation, application, all very important parts as we look at the scriptures and study God's word, spend time with him. How do we apply it? How can we apply it to our lives? Very important to consider. And we're reminded, in fact, you might remember Joshua. Joshua was, was given a very difficult job. He had to take the place of Moses. Now, can you imagine? God commissioned Joshua to take the place of Moses. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8 and 9, he kind of summarizes the secret to success. And he says in verse number 8 to Joshua that my law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. And then he goes on to say this, young people, are you listening? That ye may observe observe to do. Did you get it? And then we go to James chapter 1 in verse 22 and it says, tells us not to be hearers only, but 
doers of the word. And in 1 John chapter 2, that I mentioned earlier, it's necessary to spend time with God, to live for him, to do. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love for one for another, if you keep my commandments, he says in another place. So doing what you've learned, what you've been taught, is vital to a relationship that grows. So that is the application. All right. I, well, I got one more thing here to illustrate the P. And you might think, Mr. Densmore, are you going to eat a snack in front of us? You know what this is? Two pieces of bread with something in between. What do you call that? Anybody know? What do you call something? It's two pieces of bread and there's something on the inside and you eat it? What's it called? A sandwich. Thank you so much. Did she get it right? A sandwich. Hmm. Mr. Densmore, that doesn't have anything to do with this. A sandwich. Well, let me give you another clue as we try to figure out what this last P is. And some of you, I'm sure, have already figured it out. What is David doing? We go to verse number 12. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Who do you think David's talking to? God. And what do you call it when you talk to God? Pray. Yes, pray. There's another acrostic under prayer that I have memorized as well. The acts of prayer. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You see, as you spend time doing these things and applying them, you can just read through and you can just, just like that, you can do these things. And, and these acrostics, they help me. Soap. I need the scriptures. I need to make observations in the scriptures. I need to apply what I've observed in the scriptures. Do you see how it's working? And every, every step is vital. But the one other thing that can't be neglected is the sandwich. You know, everything I have up here, this is just a coincidence. Starts with the letter B. What is this? What, what do you call this? Huh? Binoculars. And what's this? Uh-huh. And what's this? Sandwich, bread. Well, this is a special kind of sandwich. Maybe not all of you would like it. It's a banana and peanut butter sandwich. And I so much want to take a bite right now. But I won't. So... What do you think the, the P is? And then we'll talk about how a sandwich fits in. So we have, we have all these things, but there's something that is extremely important. And we read throughout scriptures, especially in the epistles from the Apostle Paul, he says to do this over and over and over and over again. And the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to do this. Mickey, did he get it right? He did. Thank you, Mickey. Prayer. Devotions without prayer, well, it's like a sandwich, this sandwich without bread. I don't have a sandwich. 
I have peanut butter and banana, which is good. But bread, and when I think about the sandwich, you know what? It's on, well, it's on the outside. It's on the top and the bottom. Prayer. Sandwich. How many of you eat sandwiches? Okay, so every time you eat a sandwich, you can remember that you need prayer. And so why is, why is this important? Well, well it's, what hold every, it's what holds everything together. Prayer. Prayer is such a vital part of our time with God. As mentioned already, the disciples said, teach us to pray. Jesus says, ye have not because ye ask not. The Apostle Paul, over and over again, pleads with the readers of his epistles to pray. Pray for them. Pray for me. Pray for us. Pray. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Pray. Pray without ceasing. That sounds like that's something that's supposed to happen quite a bit. It's an attitude. It's a heart attitude. It's a relationship. Just like you have a relationship with your best friend, with your mom, with your dad, with your husband, with your wife. They're always there. They're always available. And you know that you can go to them. And they love you. And you can count on them to be a help to you. Jesus is the same way. And so much more. Prayer. Talking with God. And in Ephesians 6, it's, well, it's a favorite passage of a lot of our young people because it talks about the whole armor of God. And some of you have that at home where you can put on the you know, breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and you have all that stuff. But there's one thing that's missing from the armor when you buy it at the store. And it's something that cannot be forgotten. Yes, you have a sword, God's word, and that's a weapon, but we have a very vital equally important weapon that cannot be forgotten, and that's prayer. After it talks about the armor, and it says, and above all, with prayer. Praying is a necessary part of your devotion time. So we have soap. Every time you wash your hands, you're going to remember this, at least I hope so. Okay? Yeah, these are everyday objects that should help. Soap, at least for a day or two. Soap. What's the S? Scriptures. And what am I going to do? I'm going to read it and I'm going to make some. Uh-huh. God's going to give me something, isn't he? He's going to give me some treasure. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to study it. And I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to treasure it. Because that's what it is. It's treasure. And as I understand what it's teaching me, I'm going to apply it, and I know that I cannot do it in my own strength, of my own accord, I need some help, so I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray because Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing, so I'm going to go to God and say, just like David here, help me, help me to see, help me to see. Well, this is something you could do. It's one method that you could use to spend some time with God. And I hope, if nothing else, if you're not already in the habit here of spending time with God, that you'll have a daily reminder. And you'll think about 
this lesson and these things that you can do. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. If I were to take the time to read through this psalm and do these steps, we don't have time. The hour is gone. Fifteen minutes. Easy. Sometimes I think we get discouraged. And we think, well, I only have five, ten minutes. And it's sad, but true some days. But I'm here to tell you, there's treasure that can be found that God will give you. If that's all you can truly find, take it. Give it to him. I think what you might find is that you're going to want to find more time as he shows himself strong in your life and as you get to know him. You see, that's how it works. How does somebody become your best friend? You got to know them. You can't wait to see them. Young people, I know that some of you can't wait for this special day to come in here and hear the preaching of God's word and singing together. And you can't wait for that time to play with your friends. And you know what? That's okay. When you play with your friends, relationships are growing. You're getting, know, you're getting to know these people, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if they're not yet, hopefully they'll become brothers and sisters in Christ soon. And if you're in here today and you're not saved, hopefully you'll be saved today. Today can be the day of salvation for you. But keep in mind, when you're having that time together, and that relationship is growing because you're spending time with your friends? Ask yourself, how much time am I spending with God? Is God my friend? Is God my friend? You know, Let's just imagine for a moment that you are one who has struggled with Bible study. And you can't find a lot of time. And you can give 15 minutes a day, but you use this method, all right? Soap. And you just do it one time a day. I certainly hope that your desire will grow to have more time with your precious friend because that's how it works. But do you realize that you will have found 360 times treasure? Life-changing treasure. 360 opportunities in a year for your life to be changed. How does that sound? Young people, when you're doing your devotion time together, when you're doing it separately and then you come together to talk about it, if you're faithful and you can do it every day 360 times, well, Mr. Densmore, I don't know, I might miss a day here and there. Would God that you would have 200 times to change your life in a year? Does that make sense?
He wants to change your life, and he will. Soap. Read the scripture. Make observations of what God given you that day. Do something with what you've read. And talk to God about what you have read. Easy enough? Not too complicated, is it? Soap. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your precious word. It means means everything to us. Without it, we wouldn't know you. We couldn't know how much you love us. We couldn't know what it is that you would have us to do. We wouldn't know that you could hear us, that you do hear us when we pray, that you want to help us every single day, that you want to be considered a friend. Great God, creator of all, who came to pay the price for our sins. Yet I can call you friend. Your desire is to be a part of our moment by moment life. The psalmist said, the precious word is more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Father, give us a desire for your word that exceeds our desire for anything else. Give us a desire to spend time in prayer. Help us to remember we need your help. We need your forgiveness. We need to know what is in our life that should not be. We need to know how much that you love us. We need daily reminders that you're with us and that you want to have a relationship with us. Yes, you save us from our sins when we give our lives to you, but you have so much in store, so much more, that it begins the moment that we become your child, and it lasts for all eternity. Thank you, Father, for your work in our lives. Help us to love you as you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.